welcome to the joys of our 20s with Hannah Joy, the show that talks about the lows, highs, and everything in between that consists of being in our 20s. Well, what's on my mind today is um, the healing journey. Um, One thing that I don't think it's talked enough when it comes to the healing journey is that it is not linear. It is very much up and down. And it's hard. And people say that, but people don't really talk about how it gets done and their own versions of it. Um, People tend to just talk about the end product or the end goal um, and how they feel when they've accomplished a lot of their healing journey or gotten past a significant part. People don't really talk about the harsh realities of actually doing the work and healing um and it it stinks there's a lot of ups and downs for me um with the perfectionist view that I tend to have about things I oh I tend to get very mad which just seems to make matters worse because I'm a huge negative self-talker whoo I am very negative towards myself. I've gotten much better, but, you know, it's really hard to break what I like to call thought habits, you know, where you tend to have a reaction to a thought or the thought is the reaction to something. And when it's happened so many times, then it tends to become more permanent. Um, It's not saying my thoughts are me, but, you know, they're a habit that kicks in whenever... You know, I'm feeling guilty, sad, shameful. You know, a thought habit tends to pop up. And right now, it's negative self-talk. And I guess my my point being, uh, maybe I'm not cut out for this world because I run on one train of thought and forget what I was saying. But yeah, just talking about the glorification of healing when in reality it's really difficult there's a lot of you know going back into a depressive fit you know or funk and then getting out of it and feeling like you're never going to go back there again and oh something triggers you and here we are for the next three or four days and something I've become aware of at least is that things come and go feelings come and pass you know um this emotion shall pass. Um, on the flip side of that, I, I don't like it when it comes to happier things, even though those two shall pass. Um, but I know it's all about a part of the human experience, I guess, that, you know, we experience the good and the bad, the, you know, pride and the shame, the beauty and the ugly, not saying I particularly like it. <laughs> My perfectionism doesn't like it at all, actually. Um, I get very mad at myself for not being perfect. And when it comes to the healing journey, it's just not a great quality to have. Or life in general. I mean, the whole purpose of it is to fail, but to get better, you know. And if you're not failing, you're not trying. Um, and... I really do think I'd much rather fail than try, even though sometimes it feels quite the opposite. Um, Yeah, I I guess the reason this is kind of on my mind right now is 
I've really been struggling for me what feels like a setback excuse me setback you know um I'm in a depressive fit I I've got a lot going on so I think I know what triggered it but I'm I'm really struggling to get out of it um my typical tactics either aren't working or I can't get myself to do them (laughs) which is a struggle for sure and it tends to lead to a lot of the negative self self talk, the guilt, the shame. That for some reason, it's been embedded in my brain. Um, I, I I learned a lot of it from my father. He he tends to, or my family in general. He was just the person, I guess, the biggest influence of it. But my extended family is the same way. People love to focus on the negative side or even if there's a positive what can we do more of what can we do better of like great you got an a how are you doing on the rest of the things instead of taking the little moments to celebrate and to be proud of yourself um and which I will say in the last couple years I've gotten much better about celebrating the little wins for example I (laughs) recently bought a new makeup palette and I hadn't bought one in two and a half years or something like that and that was a huge win for me because I had the money I was able to buy it and that's due to me being you know good with my better with my finances than I ever have been um but on the flip side of the negative talk is you know with that negative self-talk there's been moments of Hannah you shouldn't have really bought that you know Hannah why didn't you go put that money towards debt or the repairs you need to do on your car or whatever you know and it's unfortunate because it was kind of ingrained into me from such a young point and part of it was definitely me I don't want it to sound like I'm blaming everyone else um part of me grasped onto it because it felt like it was giving me a sense of control the negative self-talk and the negative blame and the always finding the negative you know if you're always upset and you can't risk, like, being happy and that being taken away from you. It's it's a control game, right? Um, and that's been a really hard thought habit to break away from <laughs> in hindsight. Um, and it's interesting talking to my family and other people and hearing comments like, you know, Hannah, I thought you used to just ask for attention because you wanted to hear how pretty we thought you were and then I realized oh Hannah it's because you didn't believe it and or you know comments about like my anxiety when it comes to work and things if I'm not perfect I'm scared that it'll end on the you know note of being fired or being punished or whatever but in reality a lot of the time it's just me creating the negative self-talk to try to fuel, you know, an an outcome or something. But guess what? (laughs) That doesn't work very well. Um, And I think a lot of my healing journey is me finding grace with myself every time I may either fail and actually fail or fail my own self and finding grace in those moments and being like, you know what, Hannah, (laughs) you did your best. It is okay. You are human. You are meant to 
fail so that you can become better, you know, all those little things. But like, it's really hard to break the thought habits in the moment of like, oh, I'm in another depressive fit, Hannah. Oh, you're failing. And it's like, no, you're not failing. You just were triggered. Uh, you were, something happened, you know, um, and it's the best you can do today. And it's not saying don't control your controllables. Um, that's another phrase I get from my dad. Always control your controllables. Um, you know, how you react to things, things like that. But at the same time, you know, that doesn't mean you get to control every emotion, every thing that happens to you. Sometimes you just gotta be okay with what you were able to give that day and it may not have been as much or as good as you could have given the day before it could have been worse or better than next week you know um and that's something that I very much struggle with the whole <laughs> some days I have more to give than others um my perfectionism doesn't like the non-consistency <laughs> of that yeah, those are definitely some things I very much struggle with that a lot of times I almost trick myself into thinking I'm doing, you know, better in and then, you know, something happens and I, I realize I'm not, I was just having a good moment and that's also okay because, you know, like I've said, we're not going to be perfect every single bat. Um, yeah, the negative self-talk, that'll, that'll get you, man. Um, and the perfectionism. I never really realized how bad mine was till probably a few years ago um, when I realized my anxiety stemmed from a lot of perfectionism and negative self-talk. I don't know if you would say it's from the firstborn um, <laughs> perspective, being a woman perspective, um, I mean, there's so many things that could have influenced it, but that's part of the journey, right? Figuring out the origin of it, trying to figure out ways to cope and feel it out and deal with the situation, and then learning ways to let go of the coping mechanism that, <laughs> you know, or trauma response that goes along with it a lot of the time for me. I tend to feel like I identify the trauma response, do the whole process of fixing it and being like, wow, I did it. I'm a better human, blah, blah, blah. And then like realize it just opened up the floodgates for a bunch of other trauma responses that I thought were just my personality. But turns out, no, I'm not like that. It's just how I respond to a certain situation, which is also really frustrating. Nobody talks about that. Let's talk about that for a second. The healing journey when it comes to trauma responses is I feel like, here's a basic analogy, at least in my head, and this could totally be wrong, but this is what it feels like. It's like I have five main trauma responses, right, to certain situations. And I was like, when I started this journey, I was like, I have these five, not really, but like, we're just putting a number on it. I'm going to fix these five. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be okay. This is going to be great. And then... I worked on those five. I wouldn't even say I'm healed from them yet, but I'm, you know, maybe I'm not reacting so much to them or maybe they don't have such a grip on my life anymore. 
And I'm like, wow, I'm doing better. And then all of a sudden behind those five, you find 20 more responses. And you're like, shit. (laughs) Shit, this is a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. And I think that's also another trick when it comes to the healing journey. People don't talk about that a lot of the times there's so much behind closed doors that you don't even know. But you're about to. (laughs) If you you start this journey you're about to find them out and you're about to be like oh crap because all of a sudden you'll start remembering things and you'll just be like damn it I don't you know I didn't remember that or I didn't even think about that in years and because now all of a sudden because your five main trigger responses or trauma responses are out of the picture or not quite as got such a grip on your life you're all of a sudden like oh god there's 20 there's 25 there's 50 there's 100 can be very overwhelming and sometimes a little disheartening to realize you have a lot more to work on I guess than what met the eye in that moment um which once again perfectionism does not want to hear that we had more than five to begin with because it's it's hard it you know, for me personally, it required a lot of writing, journaling. Gosh, I <laughs> I am such a journaler. Um, there was a TikTok trend a while ago that was like, burn it. Did, did you not hear me or something like that? I said, burn it. <laughs> That's how I feel about my journals. Gosh, I never want anyone to read them. I'm I'm typically very emotional when I write my journals and I'm you know and that's how I process things Um, I'm a huge writer but I also find it very emotionally exhausting at the same time Um, I am a huge I don't know I would say my biggest coping is writing talking is effective to a point yeah, sometimes I'm a, I'm a big ranter, so sometimes it becomes ineffective, it feels like. But yeah, writing is one of my biggest ones. I'm trying to think of things I've personally used. Oh, meditation. Trying to silence thoughts. Now that I think about it, my perfectionist brain went, uh-oh, we haven't done that in a while. <laughs> um, oh, crafting things that I can put my mind to. I've found that very healing, like kid activity kind of crafting, like paint by number, or I just did a paint, or gym by number, which is where you have the little gyms and you do it by number. Um, I've found walking recently to be very healing, um, physically, mentally, and sometimes, I'm not very spiritual at all, actually. I have no desire to find out anything right now in my life, and... I'm okay with that. And sometimes even like just being outside, being in nature feels good. Not too close to nature though. Don't catch me near the bugs or rodents or amphibians. Reptiles, no thank you. Um, But yeah, I write letters a lot. That's one of my coping. And I know that kind of falls under writing, but my goodness, I've written so many letters. Letters to people I'm angry at, letters to myself, letters to my old self, letters to my future self. That's been a really good, for me, healing mechanism. It's a way to communicate 
to people um, when maybe they can't communicate back. Um, but yeah, healing, healing is rough. Um, not for the weak at all. And don't get me wrong, a lot of those coping mechanisms or trauma responses, they kept us safe in the moment. They kept us alive. They kept us numb. They kept us, you know, safe enough. But eventually they can just come to hurt us and make us, for me, a lot of it's isolation. Um... I don't trust people to stick around. Ooh, that's vulnerable. <laughs> but it's true. I don't... I don't... Yeah, I don't trust people to really help me without there being some type of... You know, cost to it. Which very much is not a great quality inherited from the family. Um... Other trauma responses to me are um, oversharing so that I can control the narrative. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, my point with listing those was like, they just don't serve you when you're looking, okay, you know, five years down the road when I first started like trying to heal from some of the shit, I was like, you know, I want to start dating healthily. I, I want to have very meaningful friendships. I, I want to heal, you know, the relationships I have with, like, some of my family members. And it's like, well, that, you know, starts with realizing, okay, isolating myself may have helped in the past. You know, not depending on people may have helped in the past. But it's not healthy and it's not realistic or social in nature, you know. Um, yeah, that one, that one's been very difficult for me, and I've known about it for years, but that, that particular trauma response, it's very hard for me to knock. I'm not, I'm not very good at it. Um, my, my, my response is to isolate. My response is to back out, you know. That's not what's going to create meaningful relationships, and that's part of healing is figuring out, you know, what's going to create healthy environments and what's not. And, you know, figuring out, okay, just because it feels like home doesn't mean it's healthy. Just because it feels safe doesn't mean it's healthy. Just because it feels normal doesn't mean it's healthy. Um, for a long time, I used to really crave chaos. <laughs> Crave it, crave it all the time and anything. Um, I think that's why I was able to work in restaurants for so long. Because now that I don't work in restaurants, I, I can't imagine a time where I did. And I think part of it really boiled down to the chaos was what I was used to. The quick solving problems. The, the nature of abuse that comes with working in restaurants. Like, let's not even start talking about that. Because that part of it... It's terrible. Just, yeah, I mean, sometimes we seek out something just because it's normal to us, not because it's particularly healthy or safe. 
And that's not a fun realization to make when you're in your healing journey because all of a sudden things that were fun are now boring and things that used to keep you on your toes, like maybe your anxious attachment style or your avoidant attachment style, all of a sudden aren't cohesive or effective in a healthy relationship. And you're just like, ah, I don't know how to respond. Um, For example, for a long time, my anxious attachment style was like, didn't know how to respond if someone didn't respond to me. And that caused so much chaos for me between friends families, relationships, if you didn't respond to me within 24 hours, well, back then it probably was more like an hour, but, you know, my brain automatically went into that negative self-talk of, Hannah, they don't like you. Hannah, you're not worthy. Hannah, they think you're ugly. Hannah, (laughs) you're just a piece of shit. Hannah, it was a joke. Hannah, they were going to leave you. Hannah, blah, 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 which caused me to react in a way that felt normal at the time because I I was used to having to react to get someone's attention or to do anything to make sure I didn't lose them because that was a trauma response and once again not conducive for a healthy relationship so now when I have to wait 24 hours 48 hours 72 hours for response I'm you know those thoughts aren't as loud but they're still there every now and then. We might be five hours in. Mm, Hannah, they don't like you. Mm, Hannah, you did something wrong. Mm, Hannah, you fucked up. <laughs> when in reality, what they do with their time is on them and not a reflection of me. You know, most of the time, it's their job to communicate with me if it is a reflection of me, <laughs> not me trying to mind read. And people just don't talk about those little things in the healing journey where, you know, sometimes you'll just get triggered and all of a sudden you're reacting and behaving in the same facet and you're like, crap, three days later in, you know, I'm not doing as well. What do I do now? Why am I triggering myself? You know, but that's all part of it as well is sometimes going back to those behaviors and being like, okay. This didn't work in the past. It's not working for me now. Tomorrow we're going to wake up and we're not going to do it, you know? But yeah. It's, it's, it's gritty. It's not fun. It's a lot of sadness, a lot of crying, a lot of anger. Um, This is definitely not the most fun and uplifting podcast, but... I do think if I had heard about people's experiences when it comes to healing journeys, maybe I wouldn't have been so shameful and mad at myself in the beginning. And by beginning, I mean like the last three years, (laughs) Um, up until maybe last year, you know, I, I grew up in a family where image was everything, right? And that's been super hard to break out of being like, fuck the image, I'm coming as I am, as who I am, and that is it, you know, and maybe that day I'm coming, you know, very sad, and that's, that's it, it doesn't mean I'm inflicting that sadness on others or anything, but that's, that's what I'm coming in with that day, I don't have to come in every day to people's lives as someone joyful, 
play on my name. Happy, together, have everything ready. It's not saying I'm spilling the beans on my life issues all the time, but I also can come into situations in a real way, in a way that is me entirely without having to compromise, waste energy, and be someone who I'm not. And that was a hard shell to break out of, especially being the firstborn in my family. Image was everything. I needed to look a certain way every day. I needed to have a certain attitude every day. I needed to be able to provide the same energy every single day. And in reality, that's just not sustainable whatsoever. And two, it's, it's not me. Um, I feel emotions hard and I like to express them. When I'm happy, I'm very happy. When I'm upset, I, I tend to be upset. And once again, it's not saying I put these on other people, but I'm not trying to morph myself into something that's more comfortable for everyone else. I'm morphing myself into something that's comfortable for me. And that means not giving a shit about other people's image of me. And I think that's really critical when it comes to the healing journey. Because I don't think you can really care about people's opinions and also heal yourself at the same time. I may be wrong on that. I'm not a therapist. But just from personal experience, I just can't imagine people pleasing and healing mixes. You've got to be able to have the boundaries. You've got to be able to express yourself. You've got to be able to, you know, deal with things in a manner that is effective for you. And that means it's probably not going to be effective for everyone, you know, your time or your boundary or whatever. It's not going to work for everyone, and that's definitely okay, because, God, if I've learned anything in the last couple years, I cannot make everyone happy. The only person I can truly make happy is myself, and if anybody else is happy in the process of that, then amazing. You know, they get to stick around. They get to be in my life. You know, and hopefully I can make them happy in the same manner, but at the same time, I can't put my happiness under anybody else's. My needs to be first, obviously, in a non-harmful way, but I think y'all can understand that. So, yeah, healing's messy. Healing's not fun. And if anybody says healing's fun, they are lying to you. I'm not saying it's not rewarding, but it's not fun, and it's hard, and it never really ends. I don't ever think we ever hit an epitome of enlightenment and healed in our lifetime. I think we're constantly healing, but I do think it gets better. I've seen it in my own life. Granted, I'm nowhere near where I want to be, and that's okay, Um, but I have noticed I am a little bit better. So hopefully by the time I'm 80, I'm even more better. <laughs> but yeah, that's just kind of my take on the healing journey and some things that I don't feel like are talked about enough. So those were the thoughts on my head today. <laughs> and that's my, I guess, description and idea of what my healing journey has become or been 